The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for the Plank Show. Let's go to work, brother! It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Ah, here we go. Hour two. No Josh. He is currently iced in. The hope is that this will melt away and maybe maybe he can end up getting it at some point. I'm not I'm not feeling too overly optimistic based on some of the weather reports that we're seeing. But I think TJ, you said it best. You've been out and about. Some of the main roads much better to navigate now. I would assume ODOT's done a pretty good job, right? They've had a Everyone had a bit of a head start on this. Neighborhood roads, problematic still. Problem. So we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Y'all, as, uh, as you like to say, y'all be safe out there right now. But from the 5 a.m. trip in, T.J. Perry, probably wasn't the funnest one you've ever had, is it? No. Um, there's been worse, but it was not fun. It was one of those where you're just puckered the whole time because oh. – you know you're going at a, an okay speed. You're not rushing anything, but you're scared that something's going to come out of nowhere and just bite you, and all of right. a sudden you're sliding. But the lucky thing for me was I hit very few red lights, so I was having to you know slow down as far as stopping at intersections. I didn't have to. I was kind of cruising along, and I got lucky at the one where I cross over Robinson across over the overpass mm. right there oh, at 35. And you're coming one. down the other side. Going up, I went up fine. But I, then I'm coming down, and I'm like, oh, no, it's red. And so you're, you're trying to slow down enough to where you don't slide into that intersection. But luckily, no one was around, and it turned green. So I just went on right on through. But um, it was the it was the – I understand what Josh is dealing with because, like I said, the worst thing I dealt with here was this parking lot here. Mm. So the parking lots are not good. The streets, you like you said, you you had them pre-treated, and that's helped some. But it's these parking lots and side streets that are just a complete mess. Mm. It's all a mess, but even worse with those situations. I I haven't seen uh, any updates from Doctor Clazel, but the last update was the hope was that we would tick a little bit warmer so that by this afternoon it might be travel travelable is travelable travel whatever it might be where you can actually move but we'll keep our fingers crossed and see how this plays out not good not good right now y'all be safe out there some of you have to travel for your jobs but just go a little slower slow thing i never knew that you had to go down do you go down robinson every day is that the the path oh yeah yeah every day every day that, I don't know why I have this great fear of Robinson for some reason. It's I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's like I always think someone's going to blow through a light and hit me or something, and it's kind of new there on the interchange, the huh. I-35. I've never heard gonna... anyone scared of traveling down I Robinson. <laughs> I'm a, it's weird as far as I'm concerned. I And at night – oh, by the way, can we have a quick conversation about Robinson? That area off flood in Robinson? Yes. 
that they closed down one lane for right. exactly five yards of work that they're doing on the road? What are we even doing right there? Is that so in- you know where the railroad track is, where the underpass yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're building a car bridge right next to the railroad track that's going to connect to James Garner and run okay. all the way through. And then I've heard somewhere within that intersection a roundabout is being put oh, in. Oh, great. And I, well, don't understand, I don't understand at the busiest intersection maybe <laughs> in town why you're doing that. But I could be wrong mm. on the location of that roundabout. But – but that one uh, right next to the railroad track is another bridge being built is what everything shut down for. So Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, it just seems a little odd. They, they got it down to one lane for, a, for approximately a yard and a half of work that it looks like they're doing as far as my metric measurement is concerned. It's about right. That's about the right length, yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait, what are you, they, what are you doing over there? And, oh, you want to see a traffic I, – I wonder if I have anyone that has access to, like, traffic cameras – because I have to go through a roundabout every single day whenever I drive to get to work, TJ. Nobody knows the rules. I feel like they should just have speakers that play the Benny Hill theme song at right. roundabouts. And, uh, yeah, just it records everything and then posts it to a social media page. Just because you feel like you're driving faster approaching that yield sign does not give you the right of way. I'm just letting you know. It's wild rule, right? Just because you're going faster doesn't mean you'll get to barrel right through it. But we'll save that for another day. Probably not a good day to complain about traffic whenever everyone's just trying to survive. That is true. So, so beast, you know what? Today might be one of those days. We'll forgive you a bit. But uh, hopefully the roads will continue to clear up and we'll be in good shape. All right. Uh, this weekend, a cu- couple of things to get you caught up on. Number one, I emceed the f- uh, final tip of the cap to Team 129. And uh, I-, I just... I hope everyone realizes the great people that work behind the scenes at OU football. I mean, I really hope you do. I hope I, – I've said this a lot, and some people don't they, – they couldn't care less. It's like, are we winning games or not? That's all I care about, and that's fine. But I hope you realize the incredible people that work behind the scenes to make, to make life easy for coaches, as easy as they can, for coaches and for players. Because you don't want them to worry about anything except training, school, playbook, and and games, right? You don't want to, oh, gosh, are we going to have a meal here or where are we staying? I mean, they take everything and they make it smooth. And I just, when I moved down here in 2015, when I made the move from Tulsa, I guess, yeah, down here in 2015, I'd kind of known because I'd been doing sidelines for OU since 2011 and you know, traveling with baseball for the first time that that spring of 2012, you you realize how many people behind the scenes truly make this happen, and it's just it's it's amazing. It's dare I even say jaw dropping how incredible the amount of people are and how hard they work to make game days to make practices smooth. I thought it was cool to hear Coach Venables challenge and charge the guys that are coming up. And I think it's also, it's, you know, so many times if there's not a conference championship or a national championship uh, or, or even like a bowl win like Oklahoma had against Alabama, sorry, Sean, you just, you forget about the season. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that wasn't very, we only went 10 and 3. We stunk. You know how many 10 win seasons Iowa State has had? Zero, ever. Not trying to compare us to Iowa State. Just every now and then I think we get a little spoiled and in our feels. Fine, we should. But, 
kudos to Coach Venables and the staff that he's put together. Not just in the coaching staff, but in the support staff. They're great people, man. They really are. Uh, Woody Glass and Jacob Maloney are awesome at their job. The athletic trainers, Robert Fulton's crew that helped get guys healthy, Schmidt's entire strength staff. Did I, you know, mention Joe C and everything from above that helps to facilitate all of it? It was just those are always eye-opening experiences. And the one major takeaway that I had is just how much work I think the sole mission does. And to hear Curtis Lofton talk about it was really cool. So I just wanted to – there was nothing like player-wise. Unfortunately, a lot of the seniors that were you know, playing their final year, they weren't there. Like Drake wasn't even there. D- Dylan Gabriel couldn't be there. Walter Rouse couldn't be there. They're out of training facilities and things of that nature. The, the schedule got shifted around because of the, the timing of the bowl game. But they've got a set date. They're going to do on Championship Sunday, I think, night Championship Saturday next year. So I'm, I was just in awe. It made me very grateful as sometimes a spoiled fan, as sometimes a guy that maybe gets caught in his feels too much after a loss. It really made me appreciate what this team accomplished. And it was a good reminder that it was still year two. And it was a good reminder that there's a lot of really good dudes coming back. Like they handed out a lot of awards, right? A lot of awards. And, um, like from the strength room, from the like effort and intensity, like all the guys that won these awards, TJ, they're dudes that are coming back. Mm-hmm. So that was, and it wasn't just all Danny Stutzman. Right? I mean, it was there was a lot of Billy Bowman, there was some Peyton Bowen out there, a lot of Kip Lewis. It just it got me pretty excited when we get a little bit jaded because we haven't seen the big splashes that we wanted in the portal. And this weekend, Zaylen's heard ended up signing with Tennessee. So what we felt and thought was the final target for Oklahoma ended up going the way of of Tennessee. But, you know, Garen Hatchett, I think, is still in play for Oklahoma. We'll see how that plays out. But I'm just – I don't know, TJ. It it, kind of had me feeling some sort of way and looking back and maybe a little bit more of respect for what this team was able to accomplish this last year. Well, it's one of those events that, as a fan, yeah, we we sit there and say, oh, what are you celebrating? You didn't win a national title. You didn't win a Big 12 title. What are we even celebrating here? We're giving out awards? But we don't, ha- we don't experience the life side of it, the, the memories that are made, the relationships that are built, the, the work that's going on behind the scenes by not even, like you said, not even just the players and coaches, but by so many people that put this thing together yeah. and, 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 and get you through a football season as a fan that they're they're celebrating some stuff that will be personal in their life forever. And and some of those players, yeah, they may not have had the end outcome that they wanted to with how the season uh, went down. And, uh, you know, you always want to win a national championship and a conference title and all that. But these guys will celebrate each other for life, and they'll get yeah. together in 20, 30 years, and they'll be like, hey, you remember that night, that Friday night before Ames when you did this, and everybody will start laughing and be like, yeah, they've got those memories that we could never, we we, we mm-hmm. don't see that side of it or know that side of it. So that's yeah. that's what one of those events is celebrating, is oh, the, gosh, the, I, the family ties that that is. Oh, my gosh, this is killing me right now. Uh, Miguel Chavis was given a little inside story on their – celebration like they have a oh what was the word 
what was what do they call it? Oh, it's gonna kill me. Somebody that was there has got to hit me up on the either the super secret text line or the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to where they they have like a day and they never know when it's coming, but they get the day off. And it was just cool. It, it was kind of cool to learn things about their preparation like that. And I wish everyone could have been there. Everyone could have been there because Coach Venables, man, their vision and, and what they're trying to do with this program and what I think they're going to do, it's exciting. Now, some of you wouldn't be able to focus on the excitement of looking back on Team 129, preparing for Team 130, and getting excited about Brent Venable's vision for this program because you watched what Ohio State did in the portal this weekend. <laughs> so you're just mad. Why aren't we getting any of bombs, these guys? Bombs! Oh, spend we, some money! Uh, they're right. We're poor. Um, I, I would encourage you, and, I, and I'm going to play it on tomorrow's show. I, I want to make sure Gabe is okay with it. Uh, Gabe Eichard and his podcast with Teddy, the Oklahoma Breakdown, had some pretty good stuff on Oklahoma's NIL. And I think that there was some some honesty from people that he talked to in that, yeah, you know what? We feel really good about what we're doing and where we are. But even some of the numbers that are being thrown around out there blew our mind. So it's good that the realization of, all right, if we're going to compete in this world, here's where we need to be. And I think it circles back, TJ, and by the way, I, I feel bad because I know you had to talk for three hours, so you don't mind me just bouncing stuff off you, right? No, I, feel, I don't mind. Okay, no. Thank you. He's, he's working 18 hours of radio, people, everybody. Um, but I just – I don't think Oklahoma is ever going to be a team that you see is in a bidding war for someone. I, I don't think – and by that I mean – if a kid comes in, is like, I've got an eight hundred and fifty to a million dollar offer from Ole Miss. Like, good luck, man. It's we'd really love to yeah. have you here, but but good luck. There now, are going to be some of those that they match and sure. or say, hey, I think you're worth a little bit more than that. This is what we can do. But yeah, I don't think their approach is going to be all right. Well, we're just going to throw a significant amount of money at all of these guys to try to hold on to him. I don't think that'll be the case at all with Oklahoma. So I want to I want to play a little bit of that from Gabe tomorrow on the show. But when we come back, I found myself fascinated by the Ohio State approach this weekend. And it's funny because there's a lot of dudes that they added where I'm like they don't they don't need that. They didn't need Quinshawn Judkins. They didn't need they, I guess, technically, with what they've done in the transfer portal at quarterback now and signing classes, they didn't really need Will Howard. How much of it was preventative? And how much of it was actually Ryan Day saying, all right, we got to go out and spend some money. Let's go. Or was it a donor that came out and said, nah, nah, you're going to go spin, Ryan Day. You're going to go spin. Earlier today, I caught up with Bill Rabinowitz of the Columbus Dispatch. And when we come back, I'll share what he told me about Ohio State's sudden portal splurge and what it means. I think this is the most players that Ohio State has signed in the portal ever. It's close, and it might be one of the most effective classes I've seen. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. 
right, we'll get to your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet texts coming up in just a bit. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Stay, stay safe. Uh, Chapstick has been checking in with us on the text line. Says, hey, streets are starting to get a little clear. I will say uh, my yard is an ice rink. But I would go outside without a coat on right now. It's weird. It's just, it's kind of nice out. It's just, everything is iced over. <laughs> Come on, Heat. Let's go. Let's get this thing warmed up. And TJ uh, had the drive in this morning, so he's safe and sound. It's all good. It's been quite a weekend in the portal for Ohio State University. In fact, it's been quite a, I guess you could say, couple of weeks. Because the night that Michigan won the national championship, we learned that Quinshawn Judkins was headed to Ohio State. We all had Caleb Downs. We all had him headed to Georgia, right? Traverius Robinson, T-Rob had left Alabama to take the uh, co-defensive coordinator's job with Kirby Smart at Georgia. It just seemed like a foregone conclusion that Caleb Downs the top-rated player in the portal was on his way to Georgia from Alabama. Nope. He's on his way to be a Buckeye. He picked uh, Alabama over Ohio State in the recruiting process, and then after one year and being a freshman All-American, he's going back to Columbus. And apparently all of these are a sign of Ohio State going all-in for a national championship in 2024. I talked this morning with Bill Rabinowitz. He is the beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And the question was a very simple one. Is this now for Ohio State national championship, Big Ten championship, or bust? Is that where we are right now for Ryan Day? I don't think it ever should be national championship or bust because it's so hard to do. I mean, only one, really one champion. And, and, you know, he has come close a couple of times, and the ball just has to fall on right. I mean, 2019, it could have happened. Obviously, 2022, it could have happened. Um, you know, 2020, they got to the championship game. I don't think they were going to beat Alabama that year, but, you know, they, they got to the championship game. So he's been close, uh, you know, but compare where Ohio State was a month ago uh, and where they are now, and you think, wow. I mean, a month ago, they had lost to Michigan. They, you know, they were going to lose to they played badly. At least the offense did against Missouri after Devin Brown got hurt. Kevin uh, Kyle McCord left. And so he, he really, I mean, I wrote this. This was a program kind of at a crossroads. And I think that he has made, Ryan Day has made some moves. I, I think you're all in is a pretty good way of looking at it. Although I don't think it's like poker where you're all in and if you lose, you're done. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's they've stepped it up in terms of the transfer portal in terms of him being aggressive and reshaping his uh, his coaching staff. Uh, and, and obviously the retentions are huge. I mean, that may be in some ways the biggest deal of all, that you get all these guys except for Marvin Harrison, which we knew was going to happen. That was not going to – he was not going to stay. And and Michael Hall uh, Jr., defensive tackle, which is a significant loss, but, but, you know, not – if you were to list all the guys that came back, he would have been at best in the middle of the pack in terms of importance. So to get all those guys back, essentially, uh, and to add, you know, Caleb Downs, Will Howard. I mean, just, you know, Will Howard might not be a superstar, 
But I don't know that he needs to be. I think Ryan Day wants a reliable, proven guy. And, you know, Will Howard is that. Did you expect this? In other words, was was it thought that they might get active? And let's face it, it was a little, little bit later, right, in the portal season once we saw Alabama's guys hop in there. Did you expect them to be this active? Was this something where, I don't know, a collective said, come on, let's go get these guys? What precipitated this, in your opinion, to see Ohio State become suddenly so aggressive in this portal period? Yeah, well, I think there is urgency. I think, you know, seeing Michigan win the national championship is, is you know, it's like if you're – uh, Auburn or Alabama and seeing the other, especially like if, if you're Alabama and you see Auburn win the national championship, you're like, okay, you know, what do we got to do? And so I think that was a, uh, that was certainly a factor in all those juniors decided to come back that they, they felt it was unfinished business. And yes, the collective certainly made that much more of a, uh, of a real possibility, you know, made it more attractive, but also a lot of those guys were, you know, have a chance to become, the first round picks were higher first round picks for the good year next year. Like Ameka Luka was hurt a lot of this year. And so he was considered probably a first round pick, but maybe not a sure thing. Well, if he has a really good year this year, then he could be maybe instead of a, a late first round pick or early second round pick, he could be maybe the you know, tenth pick of the draft or fifteenth pick. That's that's a huge amount of money in terms of the difference in, in signing bonus and all that. So, you know, I think there is an element of of uh, long, looking long term, but also the unfinished business. And so, this is a, a recruiting class, the twenty one recruiting class, really I mean, a, a star studded class. Class, but they've never beaten Michigan, and they haven't won a Big Ten championship. Haven't gotten to Indianapolis, you know, which all of their predecessors that was a given. And so, I think that there is there is that sentiment. So, in other words. If I can kind of read between the lines there, TJ, what Bill Rabinowitz is telling us, Michigan won a national championship, and people from Ohio State realize, all right, let's go get some players. I I think that's what it is. And to show you how petty petty can be, I mean, we got Lane Kiffin out here retweeting articles that talked about how much Ohio State was spending in the portal. When what's the rumors like eighteen mil that Ole Miss's roster cost them, and what they were able to go spin in the portal, and now Lane Kiffin's uh, Lane Kiffin's tweeting a a story just this weekend that claims that Ohio State spent thirteen million dollars in counting right to to rebuild their roster. I mean, I I guess what you do is you just sit back and go, oh, all right, this is how you guys feel you need to go about doing it. And I'll be honest with you. I think Caleb Downs is one of those guys that I probably would have gone out and spent just about whatever it took with the kind of difference maker he can look, he appears like he can be, especially at a place like Ohio State. It is funny that Lane Kiffin was like putting that out there when he I has know, been right? one of the most active programs in the, the portal. I, I don't know what the right answer is either. You know, it's been talked about a lot that these programs that have just gone all in and been real heavy in NIL like A&M and Miami mm-hmm. and Missouri and some of these others don't have the on-field success to show for it. So will this offseason prove to be the fact that Missouri or Ole Miss or Ohio State, which are like the three that we've heard be very active this offseason, finally break through and becomes that first team that says, okay, this paid off for you. It's just this process is so weird that no one knows quite what the right way to approach it is. And then you've got 
programs like Oklahoma and Alabama, some of the others that are kind of sitting back thinking, all right, we're already in good situations, so why go overpay or go into panic mode if we see these other programs doing this when it hasn't been proven that that guarantees you a national title or even to get you into a playoff spot at this point. So there's just so much unanswered or unknown about it that I don't think anyone really knows how to approach it or what the right way is. But this goes back to what you were saying with the event you got to be at this weekend mm-hmm. where fans are like, what are you giving awards for? You didn't win anything. <laughs> it's the panic that sets in that, oh, my gosh, look what Ole Miss and Ohio State are doing. Why haven't we gone out and spent $9 million on a guy and made sure we got him here at the University of Oklahoma? It's just so I get the panic because you see all this going on and you want that to happen with your program. But right now, I don't know that there's many spots left. You're going to have to kind of wait for that mm, trickling out effect from spring football, uh, from spring ball, I think. And then you may have a couple of guys open up and then a couple of guys hit a portal that you say, hey, this is a fit. And then you you do go out and make that jump. So. It's, it's, I don't know what the right approach is. I'm glad that you mentioned the spring portal period because I did – you always hear, hey, that second portal window is going to be crazy, and then, like, nothing happens. Right, Like, right. J- Jordan Addison going from Pitt to USC was the biggest spring portal signing that we've had by far, and it was two years ago. And I don't remember – I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be someone that's like, no, you dummy. It was I don't know if Oklahoma's even – added a post spring portal guy have they I, I, i'm sure they have i don't one's not coming to mind so you might be right but yeah yeah it, it, anyway i asked in, in just one more thing here from from bill i asked him if he thinks just a general thought are we going to have a more active and crazy spring portal session in his opinion uh and here's what he told me this morning when we chatted I think like for programs like alabama it's gonna have to be right i mean they lost so many players um, i mean that's kind of the ripple effect of 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 Nick Saban leaving, and really, it's you talk about Ryan Day earlier. You know, I think programs need to take note of what's happened. And when you when you change coaches or coach leaves, you know, you leave yourself vulnerable. Um, you know, for Ohio State, I think the area that they will be very very uh, closely observing this spring is the offensive line. The defense is pretty set. Um, you know. Most of the positions on offense are set. The offensive line underachieved last year. I think they want to see coming out of spring there are five guys that they feel good about. If they don't see that, I think that's the area that they will look at um, after spring practice. But I, now that the quarterback situation is, is clear up, the offensive line is really the, the clear focus on the team because it did not play the Ohio State standards last year, and it cost them. And if they can get that line to where it needs to be, I don't think there's a weakness on the team. And I also think that to, to Bill Rabinowitz's point, a lot of people are going to be looking for linemen potentially in the portal. And, I mean, who's to say that some of these guys aren't going to be back in the portal by the time the spring period rolls around? I mean, you might say, all right, I, I went here. There was an NIL deal. It's not working with these coaches. I mean, the NCAA has basically said, I mean, we can't stop you from transferring. So I think that there's going to be – it's not just me for content, TJ, which I love, everything for the – everything that happens is show content. But I do I do think that you're going to see as active of a spring period as we've seen. 
Maybe so. What you just said is wild, though. Like, ah, I was here for a couple of months. It's not working out. Could you imagine that in pro sports with free agency? If you sign like a big time lineman or whatever, and they're like, eh, Mm. I'm not really digging this coach or their staff. I'm out again. I mean, (laughs) it's, and, and some would say, well, it's deserved because of all the years that they didn't have any of this freedom. I mean, we do realize there is no athlete on the planet who has more freedom right now than a college athlete. You can just pick up and go. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's let's take our first gander at the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. So you are a... I don't think you'll mind me saying this, TJ. You, uh, you're routine oriented, right? I think that very much would, so. Yeah, very much so. So this is really affecting the countdown to lunch right now, isn't it? It, uh, no, not too bad. I would okay. have, you know, been putting together the podcast and right. some other. It's very quiet around here, so it? it's not like I would have been. I guess I would have been in the Zoom meeting this morning. They zoomed instead of having it in the ah. conference room. But other than that, no. But. Okay. Um, uh, the, the rest of the day could affect it. Although I did just look out that commercial break, mm-hmm. and the parking lot is starting to puddle in areas, and people were going uh, significantly faster down Alameda. So I think it is clearing up out there on the road. So That's a good, yeah, sign. good sign. Good sign. Good sign. All right, a couple of texts on our NIL conversation. And again, over the weekend, you know, the Kane Proctor did indeed commit to Iowa from Alabama. So that was – I don't think that was anyone that Oklahoma was ever in on. Zalance Hurd ends up at Tennessee. Oklahoma's still in the mix for a couple of offensive linemen. I'm out of Washington, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. But Jeff from OKC gets the first one, and he writes, if you go all in, you will keep having to go all in. And no school can keep up with that, I believe. Are these athletes high quality? Yes. But do they fit the culture of your school, or are they just trying to get paid? I think Caleb Downs fits about any culture because he's just that good. But that that was kind of the weird thing with me for Ohio State. Sure, they needed some offensive line help. But I did feel like there were some guys, like adding Quinshawn Judkins, I mean, you got a real good running back, right? And we're not uh, – college football hasn't quite yet become too crazy where you can't have like, – Quinshawn Judkins was the star at Ole Miss. I mean, he was the guy. And I know they had a freshman they liked last year – but he was that dude. Now he goes to Ohio State, and he might be getting paid a little bit more, maybe a lot of bit more. But you're, you're also, you know, Trav- Travion Henderson is still there. So I don't. In some of these, I guess my point is, I feel like they've just added to add. But a lot. I mean, Michigan. Michigan's a team that doesn't use the portal very often. You know, what I mean. By the way, speaking of Michigan, that's one of the great unknowns. What in the world is Jim Harbaugh going to do? Because you don't know how many commitments Michigan has right now on the portal for a team that's graduated a lot of dudes. I'll answer it for you, TJ. They've got two. Two players they brought in from the portal. And that ranks them 70th. One spot ahead of Eastern Michigan. So, Wait a minute. Shouldn't dudes just want to be flooding there? I mean, that's what everyone wants to feel. I I did a show this weekend and... We got a couple calls from Michigan fans. And that Michigan fan 
sounded like, I, I guess you would say, what every college football coach would want to hear. Because they don't care about NIL. They want to win. They want to be developed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, if like every program is trying to say that, but it's just not the reality. You want that, right? And you just want a national championship. But keeping those guys around, making sure they were compensated was a major reason why Michigan was able to do what they did. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I want to believe that everything's going to be about the name on the front of the journey uh, jersey. I know I'm naive. I know you guys like to make fun of me on it. But, you know, anymore, you, you're going to have to go out there and pony up. And Oklahoma's aware of that. But I think there's a big difference between getting guys that, that fit and just saying, all right, Alabama's gone, let's just go. I, I think a lot of people would like for their well-being to see Oklahoma do what Ohio State has done, right? Oh, just go get the top guys out there. Right? I don't care how they fit. I don't care who we have. I just need to know we're getting some dudes. And maybe more specifically, if you just maybe hit on one of these linemen, it'd be a little bit different, even though OU has already taken three linemen in the portal. But I don't know. I mean, just – I think Jeff's on to something. Once you go all in, you have to keep doing it. But at least in the Ohio State situation, they still have a pretty incredible recruiting class, right? It's not like oh, Ole Miss, even though Ole Miss is better at recruiting, you know, Ole Miss has got to go get these guys, pay them to get there, and then hopefully, you know, Lane Kiffin can make a mesh. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's already got some of the best recruits coming there in the country. Yeah, Ohio State can keep it going. It's the it's the question is. When you go all in in your Missouri or Ole Miss, can you keep that going if you don't hit on a playoff national title uh, type run? Like, if you miss out on that, you just stay Ohio State or Missouri. Guys mm-hmm. aren't going to suddenly start coming there, and they're going to realize, hey, yeah, they spent a little bit of money here. It didn't work out for them. I'm still going to go to the Ohio States, Alabamas, Oklahomas of the world. I think I think the Missouri one is the most fascinating to me in all of this. Uh, it's good from the 615, Tennessee. And uh, this has been one of our, I would say on this program, more consistent, good take texters. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always some people that have that panic in them, but I like this. Maybe the hard truth on our Oklahoma's NIL is it's a process that may take a few years to iron out. Keys to me. CNC Collective being replaced or improved. Brent Venables finding his footing on the balance of culture versus talent. Watching how it works for Ole Miss, Missouri, Ohio State, Tennessee, etc. And looking for creative donor sources. Maybe the tribes, the investment funds that any OU player can participate in based on production or how long they stay. Not just straight cash. Bottom line is we aren't a player now. And need to accept that. But we need to have a very clear plan with progress benchmarks to create accountability. I don't, again, Oklahoma had to pay to get Dion Burks here. They had to pay to get, they were competitive, I guess, maybe, and just say they had to pay. That might trigger some people. But they were involved in, ponying up to get Walter Rouse here. So to say that they're not a player, I just I don't think that's correct. Right? I, I just don't. They're not going to do what Ole Miss and Missouri have done. That's just not going to be the plan or the path. Now, you could be right. It could shift. 
It could shift. But for now, I, I just I don't think that's going to be the Oklahoma football approach under Brent Venables. That's me. Good text, though, bud. All right, I got a lot more to get to. When we come back, we'll hit the the rest of the Kid Meyer Chevrolet text line. We got a top five stories today right around the corner. Stay safe out there, guys. Weather's starting to tick up a little bit, so hopefully we'll see this ice get out of here and we can become more mobile right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hour two of the Plank Show is brought to you by Allison Insurance. Bob and Robert Allison will take care of you. Log on to allisoninsurance.com or get a quote over the phone by calling 405-745-2968. Allison Insurance. You know, before we get back to the text line, have you seen the outrage from Tennessee fans this week? I I don't know where it I, – I think I can blame Barrett Salee for this. But Tennessee fans, TJ, they're mad because they feel like people are driven, are speaking out more about how wrong the transfer portal is when a coach leaves. They feel like people are being more sympathetic towards Alabama – than they wore to Tennessee. I thought to myself, huh. <laughs> why, why does it matter? What what are we what are we even doing right now? Who cares? Who ca- I, I've said this a lot. I think I think you feel the same way. Nobody covers college football in the talking heads or on the the national talk circuit like they should. They read a headline and that's about it. I mean that's Nobody. The only time that they kind of paid attention to college football is either A, during the four-team playoff, or B, during the Deion Sanders run early. The national media does not cover co- – the, and I'm saying that as a whole, all right, just as a whole. I don't think it's – you don't get very well-informed takes. I mean, you had people that were championing a Dan Orlovsky take – it's like, yeah, this is what they should do. They shouldn't open the portal until after the bowl season is completely over. Well, that's a great idea, but they have these things called semesters or quarters in college, and you still have to go to class. So that technically doesn't work if we're going to still pretend like school matters. Right. So I, I don't care how change happens. I don't care what leads to it. I don't care if people seem to be a little bit more sympathetic towards what Alabama is going through than what Tennessee or Oklahoma. I don't care. TJ, I just want it changed, right? I want something that's a little – and don't get me wrong, I love the content, but I want something that's a little bit more navigatable, a little bit less damning if your coach leaves. Maybe – You want a manual. You want to be able to look in the manual and say, this is how on. this is structured, this is how it's supposed to operate, and right. you don't know what's going on. So, no, you're, you're exactly right. I don't even know what that means. They were more sympathetic to Alabama than us. I don't even – I don't even know what that means when they're saying that. So, well, It's funny. Maybe it's a sign of SEC things to come to where Tennessee – So, I'll, let me give you a for instance, right? Barrett Salee tweeted this the other day. Barrett and I were together yesterday, so we talked about this a lot. He said the mass exodus from Alabama is concerning in the short term, but it's a sign of things to come for the sport. The best coach of all time retired on January 10th. 
A lot of players have historically signed with Alabama to play with the best, best coach, blah, blah, blah. He said, with that said, the college football calendar needs to be changed. It's not fair to coaches and players. Eliminate the early signing period, and he gives his ideas. Everyone was like, you didn't seem to have this take when Tennessee was having its roster ravaged. What about the – and you're like, dude, who cares? We, I mean, do you not acknowledge that a – and I, no one, see, everyone was laughing at us when Lincoln Riley left and our program was supposed to be doomed, right? Oh, you lost everybody. How will you ever recover? I mean, USC is going to go flying right by you. No one had any sympathy. No one cared. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily have sympathy towards Alabama, but if it's going to lead TJ to getting the calendar adjusted, I don't care who led to it. Yeah, just get it done. Get it done. Right, I'm with you on that. You only cared about it whenever it was Alabama because that's all the media cares about. Uh, Fine. But I also would say, don't you want it changed? I don't know about adjusting the early signing period. It's, It's one of those, and I use this analogy too much, toothpaste is out of the tube kind of a thing. But there can be shifts. I don't think we should be having a – again, I don't think free agency should be taking place during the playoffs, and I sure as heck don't think we should be inking signing classes for the next year in 2024 when that's going to be happening during the first weekend of the playoffs. I The 12-team playoff will be going on. It'll be like, ah, oh, welcome to signing day, everybody. I mean, what are we even doing? Makes no sense. All right, less grinching, more of you. Your text right around the corner, as well as the top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.